Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Jamelin. Welcome to One Thing More, where we continue the conversation from the sermon on Sunday. So we are excited to be here. It is Holy Week. Holy Week, yes. We celebrated Palm Sunday, and it occurred to me we didn't have a donkey here. We did not. <laughs> we had lots of palms. Lots we had of lots of palms. palms. A friend of ours, uh, Lisa, who's a pastor down in Bloomington, she posted this picture with a donkey. And I was like, why does she have a donkey? And then it occurred to me, oh, it was Palm Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just kind of forgot about that part. Because we were busy talking about the other part of Palm Sunday, the the part where Jesus comes into the city and then really turns his head towards, you know, Jerusalem and we're, we're getting ready for it all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, so, you know, his public ministry is kind of, you know, coming to a close. Wrapping up. Nobody knows it, but <laughs> yeah. it's coming to a close. And he, I think, wants to spend time with the disciples so that they can articulate who he is. Right. So this whole time he's had his disciples with him and a few others, and, and we start to see him revealing what that plan was mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this um, question he asked them, who do you say that I am? Which, yeah. you know, we hear him say later to Pilate, who do people, or yeah. Pilate asks him, who do people say? Yeah, yeah, that's his first question. Who do people say that I am? Like, and, what are these people saying? And then you go, you know, on Good Friday, the question's being directed to him. It's almost like, I'm not going to tell you because I've already covered it with the disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, the so, people who need to know who I am and no. who, who need to carry this message forward after I'm not here know who I am. Right. And know how to articulate who I am. But there was a little bit of work that uh, had to happen before that. There was a lot of work. So it, it's a big... Um, day for Peter. <laughs> yes. Um, did Dave say in his sermon that this was that the word the name Peter had never been? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. I don't. I did not know. I had never thought about that. I didn't know it. I never even thought about because it because he was Simon. Uh huh. So did he change his name here? I he feel like ch- I should have looked that up before. Uh, I think it. Yeah. So he. Yeah, I'm I'm changing your name to Peter. You're the rock. You're the rock. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um Jesus is asking, who who do you who am I? Who am I? Yep. Which is for us now it's the basic question that we ask people when they're thinking about becoming a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. You know, who who is Jesus? And that's an important, the answer is important because it decides where we are in our faith. Yeah, it's the confession on which our faith is built, right? I mean, we're, we're saying that, claiming that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is our Savior. So it, at our baptism, the question is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yep. Parents are asked on behalf of their children. Yep. When we join the church... Mm-hmm. That is question is asked to everybody as well. Yep. Um, so in that case, people are saying, I mean, it's being asked to you, do you really believe that Jesus is the Lord and Savior? But in this case, yeah. it's a blank it's a blank space for the disciples to fill in. Right, because, yeah, because Jesus hasn't asked the question yeah. up until now. 
So Jesus is. And then, you know, for when we go through ordination, when, when in the United Methodist Church, you're on the Board of Ordained Ministries, right? Right. Yeah, there's a question for uh, ordinance about um, Jesus is Lord. Like, talk to us about that statement, Jesus is Lord. Like, how does that play out for you? How would that play out for your potential congregation? Yeah, there's a lot of talk about who who is Jesus. And I think when you're I, – I was – trying to remember because it's been a minute since I have filled out my ordination papers but I for some reason feel like that one tripped me up a little bit because there was part of my brain that wanted to give a very theological mm-hmm. academic answer mm-hmm. on who that why we say Jesus is Lord yeah and then there's the other part of me that wanted to give a very personal answer of what that statement means to me in my life and my calling and my willingness to give up one part of my career to change and do this and I remember it being hard to find a balance between the personal and the academic I feel like now, of course, I would answer it a lot differently. Yeah, of course. And you were right out of seminary when you answered those questions, too. So it's a totally different kind of way to think about Jesus and religion and Methodism. Yeah, but I think that that's a great point because we do have a personal relationship with Jesus. And that is one way to talk about it and explain who Jesus is. But we also have this corporate relationship where we're in community with Zionsville United Methodist Church, uh, in who we as a body say that Jesus is. So it's multi-layered. It is multi-layered. My son is going through confirmation right now. And so that question is being posed to him. You know, who is Jesus to you? And the the confirmands make stoles. Yeah, I saw those. Um, Pretty cool. And they and, and they put different things on the stoles, different verses that mean something to them. And I'm just like itching to see oh, which one to see Nathan Nathan's has. because I I mean it's a different thing when you grow up in the mm-hmm. church because your parents are pastors. Jesus yeah. is Lord is also kind of like your parents' business motto. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. Like my dad was is a State Farm agent for 30 years. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I mean, that's what State Farm means to me. I'm curious to know, like, for Nathan, who is Jesus? Jesus. My yeah. parents' boss? Yeah. You know, like, who, who is oh, it yeah, going to be? Yeah, it will be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. So I said, oh, so what, do you, what kind of things are you putting on your stool? Mom, you'll just have to wait and see. And oh. I'm thinking, well, I probably won't be able to sleep the night before. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it's creative. Well, we'll, we'll see, won't yeah, we? Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> so let's um, talk a little bit more about what happened. So we've got Peter. He, he confesses who Jesus is. And then Jesus says, um, well, this is one thing that Dave said in his sermon. He said, the promise of the Messiah sustained the people and gave them hope. So pre-Jesus, mm-hmm. there was this idea that the Messiah would come and break open everything, would mm-hmm. finally elevate the Israelites, the Jews, yeah. and take them out of the harsh hold of the Roman government at mm-hmm. this point. 
then Jesus comes and it does not, not look the way that not at all what they expected, you know. You know, it's like here's this newborn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This newborn, this carpenter's son. I'm not even sure he year old. was like really a carpenter even. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's give Joseph a little bit of a prop. No, not Joseph. I mean Jesus. Oh, to Jesus. Like, did Jesus oh, ever even learn to like I mean, hammer nail anything? Allegedly. Not. Yeah. It's just like, who is this dude? I had a friend who used to always a pastor friend of mine that used to crack me up, he'd say, These hands were made for chalices, not for calluses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just wondering if Jesus's carpentry was a little bit similar. Yeah, I think, yeah, he gathered all <laughs> He would nail one nail and then get off on a tangent. And hammer to one of the disciples. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Jesus, we don't mean to make fun. We do that in as much respect. Anyway, I, personally, I would have wanted Jesus to be doing other things than making, like, a bed, just yeah, for the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he says, the promise of the Messiah sustained the people and gave them hope. Peter says to Jesus, you are the Messiah, the one we have been waiting for. And Peter is the first to say it, even though he doesn't actually know what he is saying. Yeah, and Jesus says something to him like, oh, you you couldn't have known that just on your own. That had to come from my father, from yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. And so Peter, maybe being confused about what he was saying, gets even some bigger news right after that and says, I'm going to build my, you're going to be the rock of the church. Yep. Here are the keys. Yep. And he very quickly gets a little bit too big himself. for his britches. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, I got this, Jesus. <laughs> it's like giving your keys with you. to your teenage kid to drive, and they go like 90 miles per hour out of the neighborhood. Yeah. He gets a little fired up. So, um, you know, he, he doesn't want – well, Jesus yells at him and says – get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big turnaround yeah, from is. going like, to the rock to you be. You have no idea what I'm talking about. I just knew everything, right? Right. And I was inspired by God to know it. And now, like, I don't even know if I'm still part of the tribe. <laughs> as quickly as he got the keys, Jesus yeah. said, just kidding. Yeah, right. um, John, where are you, my <laughs> beloved? I changed my mind on this one. So, this is what I thought was really interesting that Jesus said, um, he's, or sorry, Dave said about Jesus. Oh, please don't tell Dave I just called him <laughs> Jesus. Uh, there is a small word of grace in this rebuke. When Jesus was done being tempted in the desert, he used the word hapage, which means get away. So he said to Satan in that place, get away from me. Mm-hmm. But against Peter, he said the phrase a little bit differently. He said hapage. Opiso mu, which means get behind me. So not get away from me, get behind me. And and Dave talked about how Peter's place is behind Jesus so he can follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I and our favorite producer over here are all seminary trained and somehow we slept during this part of class. Right. Because I didn't didn't remember this. Um, This is where Dave's I guess, biblical studies comes in handy here. So I thought that was really kind of fascinating. It made me sit up a little bit. It reminds me that language really matters. Oh, yeah, for (laughs) sure. And and in the Gospels especially, I think. I mean, things have 
multiple meanings, which is one of the things I really like about reading the Bible. Like, depends on where I am that day. Like, yeah. You know, I could have read this text a hundred times, which we have heard it a hundred times. It's, it's a familiar story. It's the story of Easter, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And so, but yeah, but you can always hear something or learn something you didn't know. Just the power of the Holy Spirit. So this, and, and I liked that Dave talked about it being a word of grace. Because in one case, you know, it's Satan is like, get out of here. You are not going to be a part of what I'm doing. Yeah. He could have retaliated to Peter that way and kind of rolled his eyes and been like, you just don't get it. Yeah. I'm going for someone else. But he says. He also could have been like, hey, I know what's going to happen. I'm just doing it. Like, you guys yeah, yeah, like, don't get me. You don't get it. So I'm out. But he didn't. No, that's a good lesson on leadership, too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's easier just to do it. Yeah. But we have to make sure everyone stays on the track. Galvanize and enroll. To galvanize and enroll so you can move forward together, exactly. for sure. Exactly. So Peter doesn't, and, it, you know, poor Peter doesn't realize how huge that is. Mm -hmm. He's not yeah. put all the pieces together. Nope. That Jesus wants him to be with him, but just... Slow your roll a little bit, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Watch and learn. Watch and learn. <laughs> not leading this yet. For sure. So the other thing I thought was interesting um, is that Dave mentioned how this reminds us to there's always a temptation to go a different route. I think there's always a temptation, and you, people might call it something different, but to think I know more than I really do. Or to not be open and curious. You know, it's just like those guys had sort of hung out with Jesus for this three years and probably thought they got him more than not. Like they'd seen all the miracles and the crowds and they'd even gotten the opportunity to like do some miracles themselves. And so they probably thought they had it all figured out in this, you know, they were getting ready to be triumphant. Like they were getting ready somehow to overtake the Roman government and be in charge of things. Well, that's a really good point because there is still this tension with the government. Mm -hmm. And they might have even been <laughs> waiting for some major upheaval. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's, it's going to happen this week. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. we're going to, we're finally going to be the ones sitting in the place of power. Yeah, because if you think about it, they had just ridden into Jerusalem. All these people were lining the streets and hailing Jesus, and they were, you know, taking that in too. Yeah. So they probably thought they were, like, on the road to victory, you know. And they were, but not in the way that it played out. Well, I do think it's interesting also that Jesus is asking them to say who he is before the kiss, before the arrest, before all that. So maybe they can remember mm -hmm. when things drastically go a different way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, later in the story, they get asked, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. You know. Peter does not remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In, yeah. in some ways, I want to say maybe Peter wasn't sure at that point. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I mean, to offer him just a little it. bit, like, yeah. I don't know, is this guy that a lot had happened? I thought I knew. I, I saw him bring Messiah. someone back from the dead and then he gets arrested and can't blow through the handcuffs. Like right. what's happening? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
I, it had to be really confusing. Well, and scary mm-hmm. because on the other end, you, you see what Peter's doing. He's scared, right? Like if they arrested Jesus and they're asking him about the guy, he could be an accomplice. He, he doesn't have any idea. And remember, this is a time where arrest was cruel all the time. I mean, it uh, was they put barbaric. you on a cross. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's. Human nature well, will kick Dave in. I think Dave said that too. Like no one wants to bear a cross. You know, I think that was part of the sermon. And too. it like was literally was like, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a lot to think about. So then the the end though, I thought would be interesting. I want people to be thinking about too, considering it's Lent though. Is who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like I put. Um, you know, Jesus was a different kind of Messiah, and the only way to see it was to get behind him and watch it unfold. Mm-hmm. So I think it raises a really good question for us to finish this statement. Like, Jesus is blank. Yeah, and I think it's, when you said get behind him, what occurred to me is culturally, we don't like doing that. We don't like being behind someone because we want to lead or we want to um, decide how things are going to go. It, following is, is hard for us, I think. I mean, I think we've seen it in the last couple of years with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a lot of what's been going on is the American culture is yeah. to figure it out and get it done. Yep, yep. And, you know, this and is where... we have all the answers. Right. We know the best way, like, and clearly that it's been, you know, demonstrated we do not... No. And so this idea of surrender is very difficult because in getting behind Jesus, we're surrendering. Mm -hmm. And when you surrender, it's hard to divorce the idea of being weak. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to say, I'm not going to surrender. I'm going to go down trying When the strong thing in this case, too, for Peter was to surrender, was to get behind him, was to say who he was. That would have been his surrender by not, you know, denying Christ three times. He had an opportunity to to surrender. Yep. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And, I mean, you know, what's astounding is, like, Jesus knew how the whole thing was going to play out. I mean, he had given the ultimate surrender to the point where tomorrow when we celebrate Monday Thursday we see him Mm -hmm. sweating blood in the garden saying come on yeah right or like is this really going down I've done this this? much yeah (laughs) yeah yeah just because you know doesn't make it easy Uh, I think it makes it harder I think it makes it much harder yeah if I know exactly what I'm in for no one would have babies if they knew what they were in for they would not I just they wanted to, say, to bring it That's full circle back to power, one. <laughs> power to the woman on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that whole, for me in my life, Jesus is servant has really resonated for me. And that really comes through on Monday, Thursday. It too. does. It's just like that he would be the Messiah, the Messiah, but also be willing to be a servant. And to and to really humble himself. If you, if this is the cup, if this is how it has to be filled, Mm -hmm. so be it. But Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, if there's any other way, talk about yeah. I mean, hospitality. And while he's going through all that, what are the disciples doing? Sleeping. Sleeping. Yep, they're tired. (laughs) They're exhausted. 
like he's having this big moment. I want to tell the disciples, you're missing it. This is like my favorite service of the year, and you're, you're about to miss it. Yeah, yeah. It is my favorite week of the year. I really love Holy Week. I do, too. It's a, it's a nice week of reflection. And I like that no matter really what denomination you're a part of, we all seem to have this week together. To Yeah, to agree on what happened this week, yeah. what we're celebrating and commemorating. Now, in Haiti, they shut down. Everything shuts down in the country Wednesday afternoon through Tuesday. Oh, that's cool. So I wish we would do that. It's a really big... and. So um, our director of operations, Luke Nair, sent me a message yesterday just to remind me. He's like, now remember, (laughs) we won't be in the office until next Tuesday. And I had to think for a second. And then I remembered, oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. They don't. Mm -hmm. So it's it really is. They go to church every day. They have prayers every day. um, And it doesn't matter. Catholic, Protestant, they all do. So, yeah. So I hope that, and you're saying that, I hope that people find a way to shut down some, you know, starting today. Yeah. uh, That, you know, we're getting ready for Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. Like, there's a lot coming up. The resurrection's coming. Yep. And I used to work uh, with some with people who worked on the East Coast. And on the East Coast, they were always closed on the Monday after Easter. Well, it a lot in... When I was in North Carolina, they, they call it Easter Monday. Mm-hmm. And in North Carolina, they said they did it because people would travel to be with their families for Easter, and so they would give them Monday off. Mm-hmm. I bet Northeast does it because it's predominantly Catholic, Catholic. Yeah, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, I like that idea, too, that we've spent this whole week in a journey. You have Sunday to celebrate, yeah. and then Monday to rest and really begin our journey now as resurrected people. Yep. I'm not sure that's how everybody spins it, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, it's wishful thinking. We can thinking. spin it that way. Yeah, we can think about that, how we can incorporate more of that celebration piece. Yes, yeah, I agree. So Thursday um, is Monday, Thursday. We have Good Friday. If you're in Zionsville, that will be at the Christian Church. Yep, and Monday, Thursday right here at 7. At 7 o'clock. Yeah. And then Saturday is... Um, what a lot of people call quiet Saturday, mm-hmm. silent Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's we just kind of wait to see what's going to happen, and then Sunday's the big day. Sunday's the huge day, the day. I, I probably this probably sounds very sacrilegious, but it's like our Super Bowl, our Daytona 500. It is, our, yeah. You know, so it's our it's our it's our big 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 day. Um, so we'll be. We'll be excited to have a chance to celebrate in person. In person, yeah. Oh, it was so nice Sunday to see the little kids come in waving the palms. Yeah. And I felt like there were a few more people in church than maybe. Yeah, I think people so are feeling good. more comfortable yeah. about come coming. Come back, come back. So please come back. If you are not feeling comfortable, you certainly can watch online. Mm-hmm. But we'll be excited to be here for worship at 9.30 and 11 o'clock on Sunday. And we'll hopefully see you then. That's right. All right. Have a good week. Have a good holy week. All right. Bye.